great that schools teach a little bit of this. To be mm-hmm. honest, though, it happens way too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I in my re, in my uh, sort of journey in learning about personal finance, I, I did a lot of research about when to start teaching kids about money. And what I found actually was that we start way too late. There's actually yeah. a lot of there's research out of Cambridge University in England that says that the behaviors that will later go on to be like personal finance behaviors are actually already in place by the age of seven. Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. Today's guest is Matt Matheson, who is a husband and father of three who loves teaching people to crush their finances. Matt is a principal by day and a personal finance writer, blogger, and course creator by night. And his passion is helping kids and the parents who love them become money rock stars. Let's go ahead and welcome on Matt Matheson. Welcome, Matt, to the Inspire Budget Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here and talk to you a little bit about your family's journey to really just educating your kids about finances. Yeah, thanks for having me, Allison. I'm really, uh, really pumped to be here. Yeah. So you love one of your passions is definitely helping parents learn how to teach their kids about money. I'm eager to know how you came about this passion, how it really revealed itself to you. Yeah, so I'm a teacher and I've been teaching for 15 years. I'm actually a principal right now. And so like teaching has always been a passion of mine. I coached before I taught. And so I love teaching kids. And then when I had my own kids, obviously that sort of spilled over into teaching them a variety of things. I never was really into money though. Growing up, my dad is a pastor. My mom is a nurse. We were really middle-class. Like I didn't, we didn't have a ton, but we we were like, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor either. Mm -hmm. But we just didn't really talk that much about money. And so when I got engaged, my wife actually kind of chatted with me and said she would really feel more uh, secure in our relationship if I would take on like learning about finances Mm -hmm. a little bit more and like become a little more intentional about that. And that set me on a journey to to learning all sorts of things. I mean, I just consumed absolutely everything. I read books, listened to podcasts. I'm a science. Science is my major. And so I read journal articles. Mm -hmm. I was into absolutely everything. And so then the two passions merged with teaching kids and, and uh, learning about money. I started teaching some classes in my, in my schools. I did some entrepreneur classes in my schools. And then, like I said, when we had kids, I started thinking about how I could be intentional about teaching our own kids. And then I had different families and different parents who would say like, oh, you know, you should do a class on this. This would be interesting and stuff like that. And so that's kind of where the passion sort of uh, evolved from. And that's why uh, that's why I love teaching kids about money. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Number one, I'm a teacher at heart. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have that in common. And my husband's a teacher. And I think that it's a calling that you can use in different ways. Mm -hmm. So while I'm no longer in the traditional classroom setting, I still think that I'm using that skill set. And I love that you are expanding your skill set to teach people in a way that really we're not, we're not taught, we're not teaching kids about money and parents don't know how to teach kids about money because they're still trying to figure it out on their own. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's one of the barriers that parents run into when it comes to teaching their kids about money. Mm -hmm. They themselves don't feel confident about their finances. And I know you do. I mean, you do a ton of work with, uh, with parents and helping them grow and increase their skill set when it comes to managing their own finances. One of the dirty little secrets of teaching though is, and you know this, if you're a teacher is you actually don't have to be an expert in something to teach it. You have to be like a couple steps ahead yes. of the people that you are teaching. So you don't need like a PhD in like 
finance or something like that to teach people how to handle money. And again, the other dirty little secret of, of personal finance, and again, you know, this is like, it's actually not that complicated. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff is actually very, very simple. It's not like you have to be a rocket scientist to to figure the to figure this stuff out with a, a, a strong foundation in just a handful of things. You can absolutely mm-hmm. you can master your own finances and you can absolutely teach your kids the basic skills that they need. And if they learn those basic skills, they are ahead of 90 percent of people yes. when it comes to their money. Yes. I think though that sometimes the gravity of what our finances hold in our life and what it means Mm -hmm. keeps people, it's intimidating. It's intimidating Mm -hmm. to learn about it because you realize that it has such a major impact on your life. And you're thinking, well, what if I learned about it and I mess up and I screw up? So right now I'm not screwing up a lot. So let me keep doing what I'm doing. I think a lot of people have to overcome that thought process, but I love that you're doing this. And I'm curious to know, just as someone who is in the school system, but also as a parent, do you think that it should fall on parents to be teaching their kids about money? Mm -hmm. Or do you think it should fall on the school system? Well, it's kind of a combination. I mean, I think for schools, it's It's great that schools teach a little bit of this. To be mm-hmm. honest, though, it happens way too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I, in my, re, in my uh, sort of journey in learning about personal finance, I, I did a lot of research about when to start teaching kids about money. And what I found actually was that we start way too late. There's actually yeah. a lot of there's research out of Cambridge University in England that says that the behaviors that will later go on to be like personal finance behaviors are actually already in place by the age of seven. Wow. So and like so it's it's small things. It's not like you're teaching a kid how to use a credit card by the age right. of seven. By age seven, a kiddo will have developed the skills to delay gratification or mm-hmm. not delay gratification. A kiddo will have learned how to share and be generous yep. by that age, or they'll be kind of more stingy and stuff like that. So that's kind of the first drawback is that we start way too late. Typically, personal finance isn't taught you know, until like middle school or yeah. s- especially high school is when you can actually take some of those classes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we start way too late. But I do think that schools play a play a role. At the end of the day, though, far more is going to be caught than is going to be taught when it comes to personal finance. Like we all know we've had experiences with our parents. Some habits were good, some habits were bad that mm-hmm. we picked up with our finances. And you know what? We learn what we we learn what we see. And who do we see most of the day? Yes. It's not our teachers handling their finances, it's our parents. So yes. you know, was money talked about in the house? Was it a taboo subject? Is it something that um, you know, did your parents, you know, model what it looked like to sit down together and talk about what it looks like to build a budget? Did they, did they save, you know, in our household, we talk about money. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a subject that's off limits. We talk about it because I want my kids to know that, that it's not a scary subject. I really yes. want to kind of like demystify it because mm-hmm. you, like you had said, you know, a lot of people do feel intimidated by the topic, but in, you know, in our house, we talk about it and honestly, we celebrate our mistakes. Like, yeah because that's how we learn. So mistakes in our house are not something that we run from or we're afraid of. Obviously, we're not seeking them out. But when they happen, we're thinking, okay, what can I learn from Mm -hmm. that? Not, oh my goodness, I have to quit everything because I've made this. Oh my gosh. I want to go back and rewind to something that you said that I want everyone to hear again. And it was, what did you say? It was, it's not, it's not what is taught. It's what is caught. Yeah. Far more is, far more is caught than taught. Far more is caught than taught. And I can tell you as a teacher, you know, in Texas, where are you located? I'm in Canada right now. Okay. So in Texas, you, there are standards that teachers have to teach on 
personal finances Mm -hmm. and the standards are really small and they are not tested heavily, which means Mm -hmm. that teachers are less likely to spend time on that because they're not tested heavily. They know they're not going to show up on the standardized test much. So they're going to get the biggest bang for their buck and focus on, you know, dividing fractions because that is going to show up right on the standardized test. And that's what we have been taught to do as teachers. But I love that you know, while your student might be learning very, very minimal in school, that's a lot of weight to put on parents to realize Mm -hmm. that, that they are teaching without even realizing it. And I think that this is an opportunity for people that are adults now to look back at their parents and see them through a different lens. Because I know, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was talking with someone that said they're so frustrated that their parents didn't pay for school and they ended up with all of these student loans. Mm. But, and while that's easy to say, I'm so mad at them. I think this is a wonderful opportunity to look differently at your parents' choices and say, you know, they didn't always know what they were doing and what can I do now in my own home, especially if I have children to change the way our family patterns run when it comes to money. And you had said that seven years old is when kids, uh, what did you say? It's basically th- the, ba- the behaviors. Yeah. The behaviors that are like kind of that will eventually lead to personal finance behaviors are, are largely in place by the age yes. of seven. Well, my youngest son is seven and I'm, and <laughs> <laughs> that kind of has to be a little nervous. I'm like, Oh my gosh, he loves to spend money, but you, we do make him save up to buy things and everything totally. like that. But it's just very interesting to think. And then I think about how I was at seven and Oh my gosh, I, I spent money like crazy. I I couldn't wait to spend money. So part of me is like, well, how much of it is personality? But then how much is it is just your habits that you formed over time? 100%. And like, there's both sides to that equation, Mm -hmm. right? Like, again, I'm a huge believer in like being able to learn and grow. So I know sometimes when I talk about, you know, that, uh, that research, some parents can get a little freaked out. Like, oh my goodness, my kid is Mm -hmm. like my kid, my, my, uh, my middle child is six and same thing, total spender. Like he just... (laughs) He blows through money like a hot knife through butter kind of thing. And it's a little concerning, but at the same time, like we are all product. I mean, I'm a product of, I learned a lot of this stuff as I got older. It doesn't mean you can't learn it. It just means maybe it's a little bit trickier. And I totally agree. Like some people are more wired. Like my Mm -hmm. daughter is, um, she's, she's the oldest. I mean, she'll, when we play Monopoly, she doesn't want anything less than a thousand dollars in her, (laughs) with her because she's like, well, you know, what if I land on something and I have to pay like, and whereas my son is more like, he's got such a generous heart. He's like, dad, you know what? You need a little money here. Have have a hundred bucks. Like, so, and it's just how people are wired, right? It doesn't mean that my daughter can't learn how to be generous. She definitely can. Mm -hmm. And we're working on that with her or my son, you know, he needs to learn how to save and not spend as much. Right. It's just. It's just kind of what your natural bent is at that exactly. point. Exactly. Today's episode is brought to you by my free budgeting and debt payoff cheat sheet. This 15-page cheat sheet has everything you need to kickstart your budget and debt payoff journey. I have personally broken down the most important part of budgeting, how to find more money in your budget and the fastest way to pay off debt, all in this easy download. Whether you're new to budgeting or you just need a refresher in your life, this free cheat sheet is for you. You can grab it by clicking the link in the show notes or just go to inspirebudget.com slash cheat sheet. Okay. So we have parents, if you're a parent listening, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, this is a lot of 
responsibility, right? We have mm-hmm. so many things to think about when it comes to parents, so many things to try to guide our children to. So what is it? What's something that you think all parents could be teaching their kids about money? Hmm. Great. That's a great question. So again, uh, oftentimes when I talk with parents, they do feel overwhelmed about mm-hmm. like all the different things. And I think it's because we look at it through the lens of like adults where yep. we literally have like hundreds of different things that you need to know when it comes to your personal finances, you know, whether it's taxes, investing, spending, you know, there's like so mm-hmm. much stuff that you have to remember, but really, and again, you know, this, it's kind of the dirty little secret of personal finance. There are some really basic things that mm-hmm. like, if you read a hundred personal finance books, you'll find the same themes repeated over and over and over and over again. So I, I boil everything down to what I refer to as the five pillars of, uh, of money. These are five things that every, every parent needs to pass on to their, uh, to their kids. And they're, they're uh, the same pillars for adults as well. So okay. the first is kids need to learn how to work. That's a mm-hmm. huge one. They need to learn what work ethic is. They need to learn that money comes from work. Yes, there's mm-hmm. passive income and you'll get to that as they get older. But the ultimate thing they need to understand is that how do we get money? We get money from, from working. Second thing they need to understand is how to spend. Yeah. They need to understand, you know, the difference between needs and wants. That's a huge one when it comes to kids. And even for adults, we'll oftentimes say, I mean, I'm guilty of this, right? Like, oh, I need a new pair of shoes. Well, no, I don't actually need a new (laughs) pair of shoes. I would love a new pair of shoes. I Mm -hmm. want a new pair of shoes, but I don't really need them. I've got a pair of shoes that I've got. Yeah. Maybe they're not the nicest. They're a little beat up, Mm -hmm. but like they're doing the trick. So So that's, sorry, go ahead. I want to pause you on that note because I think that this is a really good opportunity for parents to say, okay, if I could literally just change some of the way I'm talking about things, Mm -hmm. the way I'm talking about spending, they can catch this in the years you have them. So literally using the word need and want and thinking out loud. So you and I both know that a lot of teaching is thinking out loud and showing kids how to think. So uh, this quick tip for anyone listening who has a child, when we think out loud, it teaches our children how to think about things. So we could say something like, oh, I really want a new instant pot or no way. Mm-hmm. I hate instant pots. I really want a new air fryer. Oh, I love air fryers. But I know I love air fryers. I really want a new air fryer because this one's a little bit small and I, I think I would like to have a bigger one, but I don't need it right now. So I'm going to go ahead and save up some money or ask for it for Christmas. So literally just having that conversation that you're having in your head out loud, that mm-hmm. child, they're listening. I mean, you, you don't realize it, but they are listening. You can literally just tell them, you know what? I really want this, but I, I I don't need it right now. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to save up for it. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fantastic point. And like, one of the things that like, I really emphasize is taking advantage of those small teachable moments. Mm-hmm. Cause it can be overwhelming because parents think, okay, I need to sit down at yeah. like a whiteboard and <laughs> I need to give my kid the lessons about like finance. It's so not about that yeah. at yeah. all. It's, it's just about changing the way you think. And it's actually about viewing everyday moments Mm -hmm. in just a little bit of a different way. So like thinking out loud, easy one is like grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know grocery shopping, like it can be chaotic with kids, but like just even simple things like, okay, what do we need? Okay. We need some vegetables. Mm -hmm. What do we want? Like wants are still important. What do we want? Okay. We want this, like, you know, we want this fun cereal or Mm -hmm. we want something, you know what I mean? But like just sort of talking with them. And like you said, letting them inside your head is huge because they internalize that Mm -hmm. they take that in. And it's, it's super important to do. Absolutely. This is gold. If you're, if you're listening to this right now, you're getting some awesome tips. Okay. So you said the first one is that kids need to know 
to work. They need to know how to work. The second is they need to know how to spend. What's number three? Spend. Number three is how to save. Oh, yeah. Number three is how to save. So saving is huge. So kids need to understand that like if they save from the leftovers, there's not going to be stuff left over because mm-hmm. we all, lots of people who don't save first, they realize, hey, there's never enough money left mm-hmm. at the end of the month to save. So saving has to come you know, before you actually like spend your money on your wants and stuff like that. So saving is huge. Next. And again, this is a massive emphasis for me is how to give. Oh yeah, Giving is absolutely critical. I really believe it's the, it's the one that is talked about the least in the personal finance world, but actually is the most important Mm -hmm. because if you can get to the point with your finances where you feel not only free to give, but you actually feel like joyful giving, then exactly. If you actually enjoy it, then you are actually hundred percent in control of your money Mm -hmm. at that point, your money no longer controls you. And people think you're insane, but when you're giving all this money away, but if you can get to the point where you give it away, and you actually are having fun giving it away, then you mean you are fully in control. You're the master of your money at that point. It is no longer in control of you. You're in control. Of okay. It. So give me a tip then. If I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, how do I encourage them to give? Because because they do, yeah. they do chores. They earn an allowance. They earn $5 a week if they do their chores. So what yeah. is your recommendation? So one of the things that we, one of the things that we do in our house, well, we do a couple of different things. One of the things we do is we let our kids decide which charities they want to give to. So we'll watch, uh, we'll do a little bit of research and I'll ask them, you know, like, what are you interested in and stuff like that? Maybe, you know, maybe it's animals for, for one kiddo, maybe another, another kiddo is interested in like helping kids that have less than them. Again, a lot of it is like you had mentioned, like letting them in on Mm -hmm. your thing we give. And so when we give, we, we talk to our kids about that. So we tell, we talk to them, you know, we say, why do we give, uh, you know, why do we, we sponsor a couple of children? So why do we get, why do we give to these children? Well, you know what? Not everybody has mummies and daddies that make enough money to feed them and send them to school mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so maybe our kids get interested in uh, in something like that. And then what we do is we take like a bit of a deep dive into what that mm-hmm. looks like. So around Christmas time, one of the things we do is we do shoeboxes yes. for for different kids in need and stuff like that. And so I'll go out with my kids and we make a whole like event mm-hmm. of it. So it's not just cutting a check or dropping money in like an offering plate at church or something like that. Like we really try to personalize mm-hmm. the giving because, you know, as a teacher, right? Like when the learning is experiential, it is, it is internalized yes. a lot more and it's much more memorable. Right. So we really try to have some type of personal connection when it comes to, to the giving and making it fun, mm-hmm. right? Like giving them the opportunity to choose um, and giving them the opportunity to like really have a personal impact. Sometimes what you can even do is like write a little personal letter along with it to maybe to a charity, just describe, who, you know, who you are, why you wanted to give, like your kiddo describes yeah. who they are, why they wanted to give to this particular charity and stuff like that. And you'll be surprised. Oftentimes you get like a letter back from someone at the charity saying thank you and stuff like that. And again, that just goes to build that deep experiential learning opportunity and just to internalize that. I love it. Okay. So what's number five? Number five is that money isn't everything. And this <gasps> oh. again, this is a really tricky one for, for like people like you mm-hmm. and I, because our world, we do a lot of stuff yeah. around personal finance and I can find myself talking about money a lot with mm-hmm. my kids. Again, this is one that's overlooked. I think in the personal finance space, it's like everything that people talk about is money. But I want my kids to know that, yeah, money is important and like it will absolutely like it can ruin your life if you don't control it. 
but it is not the most important yeah. thing at all. My life, I've got my my priorities. I've got my faith. Then I've got my family. Then I've got my personal like fitness, mm-hmm. and I've got my uh, finances, and then I've got my friends. Yeah. And so those things, those guide my uh, my decisions. They guide how I use my time, how I use my resources. So I really, this is one for me that like. Again, I don't want people to think like I got all this together because I definitely don't. This is one for me that I need to regularly Mm -hmm. be checking in on because I don't want my kids to think that all I think about and all I talk about is is money because like we said, more is caught than taught. And so I want them to see that there's far more to life than just, uh, than just money. And it's interesting because I had a podcast episode come out in December that was about how we goal set as a family and it's faith, family, Mm -hmm. Uh, fitness and finances. And I think it would be really interesting, especially, you know, my, my son's nine. What if I had him set goals? Like, what if I said, okay, Mm -hmm. what are your faith goals? What are your family goals? What are your fitness goals? You know, maybe he's running, he's trying to run like a mile and stuff under a certain amount of time. And what are your, what are your finance goals? And maybe your finance goals, you know, Mm -hmm. you say, okay, well, you need to be able to, we want to find a charity. And maybe that's one of your goals Mm -hmm. is to spend the year donating part of the money you earn. So I love that. Oh my gosh, this has been so great. So Matt, tell me more about Family Money School. Yeah. So I have uh, I have two courses inside Family Money School. One is for kids under 12. The other is for teens. So the kid, the ones for under 12 is called Young Money Adventures. It's a parent-directed course that is chock full of those hands-on experiential activities to use with your kiddos. I've got a variety of engaging and beautifully designed like printables and activities and different resources that parents can use to, you know, teach their kids all about money, to give them those foundational uh, pieces. We talk about the five pillars of money in there. And we, uh, we, like I said, we use different activities. It's a video-based course. So parents watch the videos and then they implement the different activities with their kiddos. That course typically is $67, but for uh, for listeners of this podcast, I'm going to throw in a, a discount, $47 for, nice. for that course. And then the other one for teens, that's one that I just recently developed. I'm super, super mm-hmm. pumped about this one. Okay, it, it will give like teens everything that they need, financial values, knowledge, mm. skills to, to grow into a money savvy adult. I basically built this course thinking, what do I wish I would have learned in mm. middle school and high school in order to rock my, uh, rock my finances. So there's 50, yeah. there's 50 lessons in this one. Wow. They're all, all video based. And this one is for the uh, teens to actually watch on okay. their own. Again, I've got tons of different like activities, different resources. There's all like over a hundred printables, uh, there's notes, there's answer keys, like there's mm-hmm. a ton of stuff. And typically that one is 137, but I'm going to, I'm discounting that for $107. And then nice. if you want to buy the Thank bundle, you. you can buy the bundle. Cause I know there's parents mm-hmm. that have kids at different ages and different mm-hmm. ages. So that's both courses. Typically that goes for 167 on my website, but I'm discounting that one to 127. So that with that one, you I get like it. all the video lessons, all everything. the principles, everything, lifetime access and with all updates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For $127. So I'm super, yeah. super pumped about those courses. That's awesome. So I want to encourage anyone listening right now really quickly, because if you might be thinking, okay, but this is intimidating. Number one, if you have the kids and the younger the younger age group, you're watching the video and you are teaching them what to say. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm leading parents directly through each of the different activities. I have like the different, like the printables and stuff like that. So you print Mm -hmm. off the printables. 
I give you directions on what you yeah. need to say. Like we have the one activity is around like money conversation starters. I have the conversation starters. I lead you yeah. through the different activity. It's basically like a lesson plan for, uh, for, for parents to walk them through how to actually teach their kids these different, uh, these mm-hmm. different concepts. Yes. And then if you have an older child, I actually recommend sitting with them. Absolutely. You know, obviously this is meant for them to do, but this is a really great way to open up conversations. So we will have all the links to that and the discounts inside the show note. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. I'm very, very excited about this. I think this was so helpful for, it's going to help so many parents. I have no doubt about it. Okay, awesome. It was super fun being here and yeah, I hope it does help a ton of parents. So at the end of every episode, I love to ask three questions just to get to know our guests a little bit more. Don't think too hard about them. Just tell it as it hey, is. Rapid fire. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Yes. Here we go. The first one is what is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do? One thing. Okay. I'm going to sound like a senior citizen here. I've always wanted, oh I've always wanted to take like a European river cruise. And I'm pretty sure oh. that like pretty everybody on there will have gray hair, but like I have always, I have gray hair. Well, like I like growing. Gray okay. Hair well, fair though. enough. Well, maybe they won't all be super <laughs> old then, but yeah, I've always wanted to do that. I love castles. I love Europe and I love cruises. So to me, it's just like the triple it. crown of, of a fun activity. I think my in-laws have done something like that, or maybe they're going to, oh, I don't nice. remember, but see, like I, I said, in-laws, yes. it's like, a, it's like, a... there you go. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a, it's, it's, it's for people who have, who have like retired or have the extra time. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. Exactly. Yes. Okay. The second question is you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions. Mm. How do you spend your time? Oh, three hours. Okay. So I live up North. So it depends on the season. Mm -hmm. If it's the summer, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the beach with my, uh, with my wife, my three kiddos, and we're just hanging out, Mm -hmm. uh, hanging out, splashing in the water and just playing around. That's what I'm doing. I love it. That's good. Okay. The last question is. Just finish this sentence. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is. You know what? We recently bought a used hot tub and I paid like 600 bucks for it and it needed a little bit of work, but it's been so awesome. I was in it last night with my wife. It's honestly, it's best money we ever spent. A great way for my wife and I to like connect. Kids go in there. We splash around like, yeah, I've absolutely, uh, absolutely loved it. That's a fun one. Okay. We've always talked about possibly getting a hot tub, but living in Texas, I'm kind of like, how often would you use it? Totally. Well, do you guys have, you guys, do you guys have a pool? No, uh, we don't have see a, pool. a pool. If I was, if I was in Texas, that's right. That's what I'd be. I'd be now they're a little yeah. more expensive than a hot tub, but. Yes. My husband's very anti-pool. If we, you know, had all the money in the world, he still would be anti. They're a lot of work. They're a lot of, they're, they're they are they're expensive. He too. says, he says, if you want me, <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to share this. He says, if you want a pool, let me just go dig a hole in the ground and pour some money into it. I'm like, come on. But we're very lucky. We live in a neighborhood and our, like, our community has 13, no, it's 12 pools we can choose. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. Go you don't need your so own we, pool. No, we really don't. We really don't need our own pool. So anyway, thank you, Matt, so much for joining us. I'll have all the links to everything that you offer down in the show notes. And I really appreciate you coming on and just making it making, helping parents feel a little more comfortable with the idea of equipping their children with the knowledge about personal finances. So that way they can go off as adults and make maybe a little bit more sound financial decisions than we did. Yeah, I totally agree. Thanks for having me, Allison. I really appreciate it. 
hope you enjoyed this interview with Matt. I think that it is so important and something that we don't talk about enough when it comes to personal finances. Once again, he is having that sale for the Inspire Budget podcast listeners. However, that sale is only going to last two weeks. So go ahead and sign up. The links are in the show notes. You can do that now. Ultimately, I hope that this episode helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. I will see you next week.